This episode of After the Show is brought to you by Odyssey. Odyssey are makers of headphones for gamers and audiophiles alike. You can check them out on www.audeze.com. That's www.audeze.com. You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Sid Talk. Hello. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fantastic. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> what would you like to know? Is this a date? Yes. For people who don't know, that's not right, because we've been married for 20 years. We have. So it's still a date. It's the. <laughs> are you trying to be super romantic, and I'm super unromantic, and it's just not working? It's Saturday, September the 12th. That's the date. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> And I still laugh at your jokes, so it hasn't been quite long enough. <laughs> All right, so tell us your, what we were doing before the before show. After the show, discussion was what? I checked on my carrots. That We'll talk about that later. And um, you were looking up stuff about this movie, and you were telling me something about sound editing with some fluctuating mega sound micro something. I don't remember what you called it. Probably not that. <laughs> I'm guessing not that, and um, I'm playing City Skylines. Nice. It was pretty riveting, really, and you didn't make us a cup of tea, which I found really insulting, but... I was waiting for you to make it. Eh, no. So Too now, late now. You can just have water, and... I don't have anything. Oh, good. I'm beverageless. All right. That's all right. All right, it's Saturday, September the 12th. It'll taste better when you do make me a cup later. This is after the show number 651. We're a movie review podcast. We're going to look at a movie this week. This week we're looking at A24's newest release, First Cow. It's a 2020 movie. It's actually on Blu-ray next week. It's rated PG-13. And our friends at A24 and Lionsgate sent us a Blu-ray for review. Sid Talk, can you give us the synopsis of First Cow? Mm. Um, I don't know if I can. Two men in the 18, was it 20s? Yes. 1820s? On the the landscape of a new America, kind of just doing their thing. All right. I'll tell you what the actual box says. The box says, two travelers on the run from a band of vengeful hunters in the 1820s Northwest dream of striking it rich, but their tenuous plan to make their fortune on the frontier comes to rely on the secret use of a wealthy businessman's prized dairy cow, with their scheme landing somewhere between honest integrity and pure grift. Renowned filmmaker Kerry Reichart... I, I don't know how you spell her name. Reichart? Is that right? Not sure. Reichart, let's say that, finds a graceful and deeply moving origin story of America in their unlikely friendship and fragile life at the margins. That's fair. 
I mean, it's a lot to say about this very uncomplicated movie, but that's fine. It is. So, um... They didn't call me and ask me what to say about it, so, you know. So... Unfortunately for them. First Cow is, uh, let's say some things about First Cow. It, uh, it's, it's a, um, A24 movie. It's kind of an indie... Is it an independent movie? I guess I so. I don't know. Independent means it's made without a studio overlord. Yeah, and I think Therefore, this was... sometimes people like to claim a movie is independent when it's just pretending to I be. think this was made without a studio overlord, but, um, distributed by A24 and Lionsgate. Like, that's how these kind of movies work. Okay. So... Um, it's uh, in four by three aspect ratio. Explain what aspect ratio is to those people out there who do not know. Do you remember in the days when you used to have a television that was more square than it is today? Just explain what aspect ratio is. It is the size and shape of the picture. More the shape, not the size. Well, in specifically in relation to how tall it is and how wide it is. So when you hear someone say four by three... That's four units high by three units That's wide. That's why I said it was kind of like a square, but not. Yeah, but you didn't explain what that means. Now we know. Everyone's educated. So this is... Uh, also, a square is only just a square. There is no kind of a square. It's exactly a square. I learned that in geometry and in art. But four by three is not a square. So I had two high school teachers who would argue with you to say that four by three is kind of a square. <laughs> it is not. It's a rectangle. Yeah, it's not a square, for sure. No. So, um, yeah, uh, it's. Presented. Did I mention we've been married for twenty years? Yeah. It's presented in four by three. It. Uh, I thought it was shot on film because it has a lot of film grain, but apparently it was shot digitally. But they made it look like it's on film, and it is a tale set back in the. I wasn't quite sure of the time period throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie. I was trying to. I was like, this must be like, eighteen eighty. I kept thinking. It felt very... Well, to me, it felt early 1800s. But I do do a lot of history research from from my mom's little historical society. So I kind of felt the vibe. Yeah. So it's set in like the 1820s. We have our guy, Cookie is his name. He's a cook for a band of trappers. He's just with them while they hunt and he keeps them fed. And uh, he meets his friend. What's his friend called? King Lee. Or King, King Lu. Lu. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. He's a Chinese. He meets him. in. A, he's a naked Chinese man in a bush, basically. True. <laughs> and they strike up this unlikely friendship that's like built on... What's it built on, really? It's built on... I think it's built on the naked uh, Chinese man's desire to... Make something of it. Yes. And so he sees an opportunity, even though he's completely naked in the woods with nothing to his name, literally nothing, running from some Russians and meets this man who's just nice to him. And I think that clues him in on two two avenues. One, okay, somebody I can maybe utilize. And two, this guy's a nice guy. Like, I haven't met any nice people yet. Yeah, this, it felt like there weren't a lot of nice people around. No, and this guy is, there's nothing, he's just nice, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Even these trappers are not the most nice people. And he's There's just, what you imagine, the obnoxious dudes who've been living outside for God knows how long, you know? And they're kind of rude to him. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's probably better off without them, to be honest. They were just paying him, weren't they, and letting him live with them. So he meets this guy and then they 
you know, the movie, it's not the type of movie that is a, um, I mean, it's like two hours and 10 minutes long. And is it really? Cause it didn't feel, it was just all this air now. I really loved it, and so it didn't feel like that long to me at all. Right, but I can definitely, we were just saying, when we go and look at the IMDb reviews, how many people are going to say this is too long and nothing happens? Mm-hmm. So what I feel like is, if you if you're, know about A24 movies, or independent movies in general, they're going to be different to what you're used to. It's not The Avengers, and it's not, you know... Blade Runner. Well, mm-hmm. Blade Runner is a bad example because that's kind of like an indie film, but a massive sci-fi film. But it's not like your run-of-the-mill movies. You don't. I said to you when we I pulled this out for today. I said we're watching an A twenty-four movie today. My favorite thing about A twenty-four movies is I have no idea what is going to be the next one because we've seen The Lighthouse mm-hmm. and we've seen Midsummer and we've seen. Which you're totally in love with. Yes, and we've seen... Um, what else have we seen by A24 movies? Lots of different ones along the way. Um, that Vivarium, I think that was one, right, that we watched this year? I actually like that one. Jesse Eisenberg. I mean, but, but it can go from sci-fi to horror to whatever this is. What's this? Just drama, right? Just literally... I'm not sure how to categorize it. it character I mean, study. yes. But it is definitely telling a story, like multiple layers of stories in what seems to be an uncomplicated way. But then when you really think about all the things that it's talking about, it gets a little more complex. On the uh, cover of this movie, they say, a fable, a western, a buddy picture, and a masterpiece. (laughs) Are all of those things... That's a bit dramatic, but okay. It is kind of all of those things. I'm not sure about masterpiece. Yeah, masterpiece is a bit strong. Yeah. But um, it is... One, the first thing that struck me to it is it's really nicely filmed. I mean, it looks like there's an opening shot that's in modern day, um, and there's a shot of a like a boat going across the river. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And uh, from that point onwards, I was like, "Wow, this is like awesome to look at." It's just, um, it's like you're outside in the woods. It's like you know, every single leaf and tree, everything's photographed particularly well. Mm-hmm. Totally. The, I don't think the four by three thing takes anything away from it. Uh, what What was the reason? I don't know that it even adds anything. I'll be very honest. You know, I don't. I don't subscribe to what she's saying. In fact, it sounded really weird that the director of photography was saying, you know, basically when you cut off those sides, you just don't have all that extra space you have to fill. And I'm like, that's like an artist who says <laughs> this canvas. I just don't want to fill up this whole canvas with a picture. You know what I mean? So I thought that was a bit weird. I feel like that's where the pretentious balance. Yeah. It's kind of tips a little bit occasionally on this movie. And I'm the first one to tell you when a movie's up its own ass, this one has like total tons of that, but I still really enjoy it. Now the, the you might think, why is it called first cow? And the cover might give it away, actually, because that's what the first cow is. It's the first cow to come into the area, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's an area that doesn't have livestock. Well, it doesn't have cows, at least. What does it have? Beavers? Beavers is the main thing, right? It because, appears to. Yeah, so this place doesn't have cows, so people in the area, you know, and I'm going to say are not familiar with milk, but they'd be familiar with milk. They just would have never... Right. Now we're just, we have to remember this is the new frontier, basically. Right. So it's, you know, 
I mean, these people are uh, people have come from all over the place. There's Chinese people, there's Native Americans, there's British um, people, British Scottish people. people. Scot- yeah. You've got all kinds. So yeah. people are familiar with the concept of milk and stuff, but this cow is the first one into this little area. So what this cow enables is different foods and obviously milk to drink. But what these two guys figure out is they can make like funnel cakes. We, we say, well, they're like beignet. It's yeah. like a donut. So they're, they're little, it's like a milk heist. <laughs> yeah. They I mean, sneak up in the night and milk the cow. Which is not their cow. It's Correct. the rich guy's cow. And then they take the, the this is the, this is the part I really like. They milk the, the rich guy's cow, make these beignets with it, and then sell them back to the rich guy and <laughs> yeah. people who he knows. <laughs> so, it, but, and then you're like, is that a crime or is that? I know that's what I was thinking. I mean, obviously you're stealing the milk. You're stealing the milk. So yeah. that's not good. Yeah, I guess. So do you deserve what you get? Do you, or are you just an entrepreneur, you know? Because the, because <laughs> the Chinese guy is literally, he's, he's the definition of an entrepreneur. He's like thinking, you can see all the well, time. Well, I mean, if you say it's okay for entrepreneurs to do that, then it would be fine for Walmart to just go steal a bunch of shit and then sell it because they're just entrepreneurs. And True. that's not correct. No. But it's talking about like the beginning, like uh, the beginning of industry and American, you know, not industry, but I don't like, know. I feel more like it was just surviving. About people, like how you can take a thing and make. Cause even the guy was saying, like, "Oh, there's a small window here. As soon as cows come in here, big mm-hmm. time, and there isn't just this one cow. There's hundreds of cows. It won't matter. We're not special anymore because everybody can make cakes." That's interesting that you point that out because that's basically what I think you can also say about their friendship. That once life starts getting more complex, right? When if they find a city and they start the business and blah blah blah, it's just gonna suck the life out of it all. Just like if all of a sudden everybody has access to dairy and then beignets are no longer the hot shit on the frontier. You know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of a metaphor. Am I am I thinking too deep? No, I, on this? I think that's what it's all about, really. I mean, it's it's also about the relationship between two people from totally different sides of the mm-hmm. tracks, as they say, and how there's no animosity between them. There's no race thing or anything, is there? Like, no. Which they would have been back then, right? I don't know. I don't know. Really, you'd have to. I mean, they they bring up things. I mean, and obviously of- they have addressed slavery and then they addressed um he was actually an indentured servant the guy and yeah yeah. and we have native americans who are now basically the housekeepers of the rich guy's house and kind of how that all works in so got a little bit of all that going on the thing with that though is the you know like the housekeepers and the rich guy he he seems to he's not mistreating anybody or anything he I seems i don't think that's really the point right but he seems that's very funny that you think that like he no he's total ass he's like they're he's like showing off that he has these well we call them the native americans people now but they're just native people who used to live here and obviously they've been trampled out and now he's got them sitting here like little tokens in his house to show off to this dickhead who is traveling around the world as a admiral or whatever the hell he was captain of a ship i don't know so no, I don't think he was like, he was just using them like they are the trendy hot shit of the day to show off how rich he is. So I and, thought that was kind of tacky. But 
of real. him, like real. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been really real. Um, um, you know, and then this, I don't really want to spoil the, the ending, but how this movie goes is, you know, it's a slice of life type movie rather than like some epic tale. And this is based on a book, which apparently is a very ep- epic tale, right? It sounds like it. The the book, um, like the book actually goes to China and actually starts in America, ends up in China, and it's apparently like forty years worth of adventures of these people. Whereas this is distilled down into like what a year, possibly, uh, or less. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does Doesn't like seem time like... skip at one point, like forward. a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, they dif- they've distilled that b- that book. I'm a- apparently is like way more than in fact they changed even this story didn't they so but they've made a small snippet feels like a you know but it is the lives of these these two guys obviously not you don't get to see the childhood of them or anything or exactly how they got to be where they are i mean you don't really for the chinese Mm -mm. guy you don't really understand how he doesn't really talk about it he just he just traveled the world basically Yeah, and people say that in this movie. They say, oh, I've been all over the world. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, you know, the beginning of America. So um, is there anything else that sticks out to you for the uh, story? Not really. Do you think some people wouldn't like this kind of uh, tale? Yes. I think a lot of people wouldn't like it because it's it's not the, it's not the story so much as the... Presentation? You know, the presentation, the style of it, the slowness of it. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful in that, and yes, I'm going to say it, pretentious and artistic way. They've mixed those two together quite well, I should say. Um, but there are moments when, as you pointed out, when watching Twin Peaks, for example, uh, a guy was sweeping a floor in the bar for like five minutes. You're yep. just sitting there watching the guy sweep the floor. And, and- an, an an average person would be like, okay, what's this? What, what what's is this all point? about? And they're yeah. trying to like, they're feeling like something's sneaking up on them, or am I supposed to be reading something into this? Or you know, I don't have the patience to watch this. This has little snippets of that. There aren't long scenes like that, but there's a specifically someone sweeping a floor and walking and stirring, and you and I love that. Yeah, I can see why some people just sit there and be like. Come on. Uh, I feel that immerses you more. In, I agree. Because I, I don't know this period particularly well. I do know, like, the aesthetic of the period and, how you know, how people were. But it's just, like, cool just to watch, like, the old... There's, there's a scene where there's just an old guy walking along, like, muttering to himself. <laughs> but you're, like, looking at him and you're, like... Because it gives you long to linger on him, you're, like, oh, well, look at his boots. And he's, like, worn through and... There's kind of a lot of detail in this, isn't there, of how people mm-hmm. kind of existed, which is what they were doing. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so you might think, well, watching an old guy sweep out his cabin for a few minutes is like an annoying shot. It's just, why aren't you cutting away from that? Why are we not looking at something <laughs> more action-packed? But that's not what this movie is. It's a, it's just a very, like a slow look at a period of time. And these characters, you know... It never gets action-packed, does it? I mean... Agree. There's, there's not... I mean, there's there are no- things that happen because we're just taking a slice of their life. How they get from the naked guy in the woods and working for this creepy band of trappers to where the movie has this resolution. That's right. all we're looking at. 
There's nothing grander about it. It's just the story of this brief friendship and like Mm -hmm. a lot of things tucked in there. Like you said about like making something of the American dream, whatever that was at the time, you know, like we can do this, we can hustle and make something out of nothing. And, and when you, the, the first time they go to the market with their little cakes, (laughs) uh, you get that feeling of like, Oh, this is going to work. Like this is, they've got something like, correct. You know, the, the money's coming in and then you get to go the next day and it's, People are wanting to buy more, but then it's kind of how business works. Like, and then sometimes it gets too big for the for the people. Like, you know, if you get a small business and then it, it starts to take off, and then you just get like hammered with orders and stuff, and mm-hmm. you just can't keep up with it, and eventually the business just ends up well, we just can't do it, so it just goes away. That's, that's kind what of I'm how, think. Yeah, like that's what I was thinking. That the story of it is exactly right, really, to yeah. me. Because their, their whole business is hinging on this cow that they're stealing <laughs> the milk from. And I kept thinking, well, when it's time that they can't steal from this cow, maybe that cow is not there anymore or whatever, they're going to have to get their own cow to keep this going, right? And that's where I thought it was going. I thought it was just going to be this kind of like, they start off small and they end up like with this huge enterprise or whatever. But that's not really how it works out. <laughs> Which is, you know... Are you did spoiling? You, Are you done? I'm going to do spoilers. No, I'm not because. spoiling the end, but I mean, did you think it was going to be more of a straight up like, oh, they, they do this thing and then they become famous for it or they become no. big? <laughs> I actually thought that that's what it was going to be. So what it is, is not that. And I appreciate it. So let's go on to the cast here. Um, Evie plays the cow. <laughs> She's actually a real life uh, actress cow. She's Not like, really. She did one movie, and that's it. Well, that's it. She only needed to do one, and then retire, and just live off the land. Which <laughs> N- is no, she's not living off the land. There are people taking care of her. So our main uh, people. But I love your romanticism. Our main people are John Magaro as Cookie. Um, you probably saw him before, Magaro, actually. And uh, well, you you remembered him from the movie Overlord. Um, that was a good one. He was also in the movie Don't Fade Away with James Gandolfini. That was the one I was thinking of. But um, he's an Italian-American actor, and uh, he is really excellent in this movie. He's, like, peaceful and nice, right? Mm-hmm. He never has, like, a... There's no, like, oh, that he might be sinister or any of that, right? He's just this Correct. Nice which is, you know, sometimes you don't get characters like that in movies because, or if they are like that, they turn out to be something else. But this guy's just straight up, he's just a guy who's true, getting along, uh, but nice to people. Like the, like when he's in the bar and that guy has to go outside for a fight and tells him to look after his baby. <laughs> you know, he, he yeah. doesn't want to leave the baby either, does he? But <laughs> he just wants to look yeah, after Yeah, we never find out about the baby. We don't, but it can't have been a great life for the baby, can it? <laughs> You saw his dad. Well, the dad was fine. Was, it was the jerks around him. Yeah, but I mean... The dad was fine. How danger, How much danger did he... Exactly. Um, that baby, that daddy was fine. Orion Lee plays King Lu. Now, he's the Chinese, naked Chinese man in the bushes. Uh, and I thought he was excellent too because yeah, really he was good. very different to Cookie, but together, like these things do work out. They're a good team, right? They're a, yeah, it was really good. One's financially smart <laughs> and one's got a very... I don't know if he's financially smart, but he's very driven. 
yeah, he understands like how to take one thing and make, even when the guy was milking the cow, he, even he was thinking, if you get one more cup of milk, we can sell this amount Correct. more of, of cakes tomorrow. So he was always thinking. You could see like he was cogs were turning all the time. But whereas Cookie is very creative and knows how to make seemingly to make everything taste good. That's his uh, yeah. So um, I like them both together. I think they're you know I haven't not seen this Orion Lee guy before, but I would like to see more of him. Ewan Bremner plays Lloyd. You'll know him from Train Spotting. Spud. What do you he's think? not in it that much, and I can barely understand what he says, which I understand. It's because he's Scottish, and I don't, I'm not dialed into that quite what yet. What I really like about Ewan Bremner is whatever role he plays in anything, and he is very heavily Scottish. You know, <laughs> yeah. He's from Scotland. <laughs> they don't alter him. They, they don't make him do a phony American accent. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. It doesn't I mean, mean I can understand no, him, I but you, I like it. I, I assume you don't even understand him in train spotting. Not really. So... But, well, I mean, that's because he's on heroin. I've always attributed to that. Well, no. I mean, his characters. He does there. have a very thick <laughs> accent. It is difficult True. to understand. Um, I liked him in it. But there again, I f- and I said to you, I feel like I've seen him play this part before, and it was in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, it was the same part, pretty much. Toby Jones plays Chief Factor. What do you think of Toby Jones? Uh, he's always fine. I mean, I've hated him before, but I think that's characters... That I've hated. What did you hate him in? I don't know. I just remember. I mean, I didn't like him in Wayward Pines. He was creepy as heck. But was it the character or him? Yeah, it was a character. Right. So sometimes you can't split them apart, can you? You just you just go, oh, I don't like that guy anymore. Correct. But no, this, he was fine because he did exactly what this guy was. Like a pretentious, like he's rich and now he's what we found is he's called the chief factor and that's the guy who is basically where all the trappers come to sell their skins and then he is the clearing house or whatever right he buys and he buys them and sells them off to distributors and you know there's a whole system there and so he's the rich guy living amongst the mud and the shit and the muck and he's very irritated that this ship captain guy comes around and then like has all these things to say about how shitty it is living out here in the wild, wild west. And he wants our baker, our cookie, to bake him something kind of fancy to yeah. be like, Haha, look what I can do. You know, he said, I want to humiliate him. So he's just kind of a weaselly little guy, but he does a good job of it. Yeah, everybody in this, everybody in the movie, I think, delivers what they have to deliver very well. Like that's partially why it's intriguing because the script is good. And everybody delivers the performances mm-hmm. good. There's nobody where you're like, oh, I hate that. No, I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. Not really, no. Um, so this is directed by Kelly Reichhardt. She directed a movie called Night Moves with Jesse Eisenberg and Meek's Cutoff, which actually looks quite good. That's another one that's actually in the 1800s. There's three other movies that are in the 1800s. Yeah, I said she got on a kick of probably research and then was like, I'm going to stay in this Century for a while. Three of her movies star Michelle Williams, who I really like as well, from Manchester by the Sea. Oh, my. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of interested in, like, I like it when, say, I've, I've not seen anything by this lady. But now I'm like, hmm, I kind of like this. So I'm sure there'll be other stuff I like by her. It would be like me finding Paul Thomas Anderson, like, now. And then going, hold on, he's made, like, seven films <laughs> that I've not seen yet. So I do like her that style. That's high praise. Yes. 
I do like her style. It's um, like I say, Matt, it's very. It's what these people from the IMDb reviews that we're going to do now. It's what <laughs> these people are not going to like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They, it's exactly about. what they don't like. All right, so these are the people on IMDb who give this movie one star, right? So, As they are prone to do. So uh, the first person says, unless you want to be bored to death, don't even think about watching this slow piece of nonsense. Nonsense. See, we, we knew that this was going to be the... Um, Correct. There's not many one-star reviews, funnily enough. There's only four. So the second person says... Um, this film starts with a woman digging a skull and a man Cookie searching things to eat in a forest. As turn out, the film is Cookie and Chinese, and they sell an oily cake business with the milk they stole. I'm reading this word for word. I know you are. Oh my God. The overuse of walking and milking make the film unwatchable. Belly intense the is... The overuse of walking and milking... <laughs> Cookie and Lung, they rest a lot and wait. And sometimes they have money and sometimes not. Wasting time to watch. Wasting time to watch. I disagree. I think, I feel like that was just put through a translator of some kind and then, you know? It's possible. Like somebody wrote that in another language and then just Google translated it into that. I feel like that's I don't know that on. you give people a lot of credit. I don't know. Some people just don't have a grasp of their language, of any language. It could just be you and I saying that shit <laughs> and just can't say it right. I mean, you know. This guy here says it's possibly the worst film I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. Oh, of course. It has to be the worst one for somebody. Half of it is so dark, you can't even tell what's happening on the screen. I wanted to quit. But kept watching since I'd already paid in full. Well, there you go. You see, when you make choices in life where you've already decided this thing is shitty that I'm in and I'm doing, and I have the option to get out of it, but I'm going to choose to stay here and later I'm going to complain about it. You know? Yeah. Also, um, this movie is not so dark. You can't tell what's happening. In fact, it's it's quite the opposite. The photography is great in light and dark. Mm -hmm. I mean... It has a mood, but it is not, but it's done well. We have seen things that are not done well. Yeah, it's not the kind of movie where you go, I need to turn the brightness up. What's going on? It's not that. And it's also not the Game of Thrones thing. No. (laughs) No. Um, And then finally, this guy says, This charts the early beginnings of bovine damage with the introduction of a cow. Don't rely on a warm glass of milk when it's made anesthesia already. Right on. <laughs> These one-star reviews are kind of like... I'm a fan of that one. Lynch. I think that one's really interesting. <laughs> They're a bit abstract. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what the heck are you saying, sir? Ma'am, sir? Person? What are you bot? saying? Maybe it's a bot. Maybe. Maybe there's a new bot that just writes reviews. <laughs> you know? <laughs> They've just thrown every word in it and it'll just be like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So uh, extras on the Blu-ray, there is a making of um, featurette. It's called A Place in This World. It's about 25 minutes. Um, did you like it? Yeah, it was fine. I mean, it just told us what we already knew, basically, about You get to see people. the director on yeah. the set and stuff, you know. And the, you get to listen to the director of photography talk about photography a bit. I did learn from it. I learned that this wasn't actually done on film, which I was convinced the entire way through that it was on film because of the film grain. 
you can add film grain digital, digitally these days and make your film look exactly how you want well, it sure to look. Well, you granddad. What are you talking about? <laughs> when, did you only just discover this? Yeah. Oh, well, welcome to the call. Welcome to the party of the 21st century. I only just discovered you can add film grain to your film <laughs> and then people will think it was made on film. You know, we're going to get to where we can fake anything, as you were telling me earlier about the audio thing, and uh, nothing, everything will be meaningless. Yeah, the audio thing is, I'll explain it. There's a new, like this thing called deep faking, which is like where they can make videos of, let's say, Donald Trump saying stuff that he never said because it's somebody else saying it, but he is a computer version of him that is indistinguishable from him. And that technology has been growing over the years and it's got to quite a good point, but it's still, you can still kind of see it's a bit weird. Anyway, the people who develop in that have developed this other like audio technology where if you feed the program audio from a person, for me, for instance, you've got 600 and odd podcasts of me talking, right? So you feed all those into it and then you sit at it. it when it Once it's learned the person... And then you can type anything you want on the keyboard and it will say it exactly how I would say it with no like computerized because it knows all my inflections. So the demonstration of it was they'd fed it everything that Jay-Z, the rapper, had ever done. All his songs, loads of interviews with him. And then they'd made a new Jay-Z album with their own lyrics and he's rapping over the music. And I could not tell that it was not him, which is insane, right? So yeah. imagine where that leads now. It's going to lead to a lot of copyright suits, you know? Well, we because... better start looking for copycats of us, because definitely <laughs> somebody's going to want to fake my voice I mean, and make me say something that I wouldn't you know, say. N- think of it now, like, people are like... Ugh, politics will be insanely bad. Yeah, and f- and stuff like people going... Well, I wish Madonna would make a new album, and then the next day there's a new album by Madonna, and you're like, hey, hold on. See, I think you're just applying it to that one use, though, just because of that example. I think it just has so much more I am, but that use potential. is the copyright potential of those uses and trying to prove that it wasn't them, and, you know, it's going to be very difficult, isn't it? I don't know. You know, like like some record company puts out a new Billie Eilish album, and then Billie Eilish has to prove that that isn't her, <laughs> even though it yeah. sounds exactly like her, like, and it's very hard to prove. It's, I think that wouldn't be as popular as politics. No, I mean, they'll make anybody say anything, mm-hmm. right? That's but, what I'm saying. Political thing, I think, will be the main. Right. Or just to get make somebody look bad. And then you're at the point of you can't trust anything. Uh, yep. And it's completely, you know. The That's what I said. Is, Everything will be meaningless. Yes. <laughs> So that was uh, off topic a little bit, but <laughs> so um, yeah, extras. There's the the featurette. So uh, I'm going to give this a score of seven out of ten. Nice. I will give it um eight point seven five. That's a lot higher. Yeah, because higher. I feel like there's nothing I would change. That's it's true. just that it does leave me with that tiny little bit of. These people are a little over intellectualizing what they're doing and trying to be cool with the over the sets and everything are cool. And you I did get my brain to be like, okay, this is pretty grungy, like how muddy and gross it would be living then. But it also 
was very much like a uh, living museum, if you've ever been to one of them, where it's just cranked up a little bit on the fantasy side right. of what it was like versus like what Well, I was really, never really there, like. so I have no idea. Right, but I mean, have you been? You haven't been to a living museum, no, but and was, that's what they're like. It they're was just, convincing enough for me, right? And they're just shy of a hundred percent convincing, mm. you know, because it's a little bit either a little bit too muddy mixed with too much dust on the shoulder. You know, it's just very theatrical, right? So that'd be my. But other than that, I wouldn't really. I did notice everybody had dust on the shoulders. Mm-hmm. I did, did notice that. When you when you said I was like, oh, yeah, that, guy's, <laughs> that guy's got a really nice coat, but there's loads of mud on the shoulders. He's dusty. I guess you do because you lie on the floor and stuff. That's why. Because you what? Because you lie down on the floor. And, Not in your coat. Oh, I don't know. If you're living in the wilderness, I think it's just because it's filthy everywhere. Yeah. All right. So uh, movie recommendations based on this, I am going with uh, these are my other two. Well. They're not my favorite A24 movies, but there are ones that stand out. And one that is also filmed in 4x3 is The Witch. Mm-hmm. And The Witch has a lot of... Um, it's very it's historically kind of accurate for the period for The Witch. But um, it also has a lot of slow scenes that some people might be irritated by. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other one is Ghost Story, which is... Is this, that why you want to recommend it? Yeah. <laughs> Force them to try something they will hate. Uh, Ghost Story uh, is famous for having an eight-minute scene of a lady eating a pie. Yeah. Which is like the guy in Twin Peaks brushing the floor, right? Yeah. Uh, I like Ghost Story, too, but it has the same flavor of pretension, but still good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed Ghost Story. I think it's a... You know, I wish more people would see it, because Mm -hmm. it is very... It's pretty deep. Yeah, it is. And it also is like... Really grand and epic, the actual, mm-hmm. you know, the way it goes. But it kind of sneaks up on you, that part of it. And my uh, favorite A24 movie is probably uh, Midsummer. you know? Even though you always say it wrong, but yeah, it is. It's either Midsummer or Hereditary, because they're both by the same guy. They're just fantastic, those two movies. <laughs> you just love movies where as you're watching it, you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I do, actually. You really do? Because you'll be watching it. I, it can just, I can hear the wheels turn in your head like, I have no... I can't even grasp what this movie is doing, and I love it. Yes. You know? Unless it's... I don't know what's going on in this movie because it's so bad. <laughs> like, we have got occasionally. I do definitely have that, um, you know... That's probably why I like Twin Peaks. I've heard people say... I, I tried to watch Twin Peaks... I watched the first half hour of the first episode, and what I don't even get what's happening. I don't get it. Like I don't. You mean people say that? Yeah, I hear that all the time. Like I tried to watch it, but I didn't because I don't get it. But I mean, it's not really hundred percent about. It's like the experience of it. Yeah, and that's why I'm. That's why I have things that we watch like Twin Peaks, and now we're watching Raised by Wolves. And I have as soon as the intro part starts, I just like hand myself over to it. I know that sounds really hokey, but I just go, okay. Now it's pretentious. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I never said I wasn't pretentious. (laughs) I'm just saying. And that, that is one of the things I like about this movie too. Once we're in, I'm just, yeah, I'm like, okay. And then here's a couple, my recommendations are a movie called under the skin, which is another one of those where you and I were like, Scarlett Johansson. I mean, it's, it's not a movie you'd recommend to a lot of people, 
But if you watch it and you're like us, maybe, and you're like, whoa, it's not blowing my mind as in it's so fantastic. It blows your mind because it's so fantastical. It's really, it's a cool movie. It is cool and it's weird and you're not going to understand it. And And that's fine. About 60% of it was just improvised with people who didn't know that it was happening. That is irrelevant because all that matters is the experience of the movie. So to me, that's what I liked about it. And then a TV show called Wayward Pines, which you also really loved. And even though I didn't particularly like the whole of the story as it was written, I love the concept. Yeah, it's a Stephen King story. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, Stephen, but I mean, it's a little bit lame as you you get near the end, but the leading up to the end part is really, I loved it. I loved the way it was made. I loved that it was, you know, something I had never even heard of or seen. I didn't know what was going on. I I think it was directed, uh, was it a Stephen King story? I do not know. It was M. Night Shyamalan who who directed the first season. You might have lied to me then. So it might have been an M. Night Shyamalan joint, but... Or it might have been a Stephen King thing converted by M. Night Shyamalan into a TV show. Either way, it was kind of... It's not It's not great like Twin Peaks is. No, no. It's not like... we. It's weird a little bit, but it's got a linear thing yeah. about humanity and time and cryogenics. And I yeah. mean, I liked it. And this I mean, guy, Toby, was in it. Yeah, and it gets more bizarre as it goes on, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It just gets like but it did have some moments in it where I was like, Oh what? Yeah. There was a couple of those where you're thinking one thing and it's completely like, Oh, whoa, the whole thing's changed. So yeah. Uh Wayward Pines. I, did it get cancelled? Maybe I think it just was done. I mean it wouldn't seasons, have been interesting it? if it was more. Um once games. it's revealed what's going on, I think you're just kind of over it. Yeah, but it, it's revealed what's going on in season one, and then they did a whole other season, which we watched. Yeah, well, you have to see what can, yeah. you know, come of it. So, um, games and Ace Scully stuff. We uh, finished the game Tell Me Why this week, uh, and you watched, you saw that entire game, actually. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It's really, it's really a nice, it's a good, well-told story. And is it, um, it's Telltale style. We've said that for the last couple of weeks, but episode three is out now. It's on Game Pass. You can play all of it. So if you haven't played it at all, you could play all three episodes in a row and just have the whole story told. It's not particularly long, is it? It's hmm. what, maybe nine hours total. Um, I mean, you always lie and tell me this is only going to take an hour and a half. And I'm like, okay, but and it's not ever an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, I think it's probably... They to get through been, a section. I take my time a bit, like looking around and stuff. But I reckon if you just plow through it, you could probably get through it in six hours. You know, not particularly long. But I try and, like, I want every bit of conversation. I want to, like, ask, you know, when I go up to somebody and there's five things I can say. I want to say all five things. I don't just want to say one and then leave. You know? I (laughs) Mm want to see what all the choices are. Um, And the story, I liked how um, the best thing about the story for me is how reined in it was. It wasn't like some big boombastic spectacular. True. It was like this small little mystery about this one particular thing. And it was nicely resolved at the end with, I don't feel like I was sat at the end going, oh, I wish I knew what happened properly. Because no, you know exactly I, what happened. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the very ending, but I do like the story. Yeah. I liked how it was wrapped up and it wasn't like, 
well, we'll leave it open just in case we want to make a sequel. No, it was just like, this is the story of that, and you get the whole thing. Here it is. So uh, that's on Game Pass. Uh, I've also been playing the Avengers on PC. Um, I actually finished the story. The story, uh, the campaign of the Avengers was fantastic. I think it was as good as Spider-Man on the PS4. It's really good story, really well voice acted. And it was the story of um, Ms. Marvel, who joins the Avengers. Uh, and she's just a little girl And she, when they all meet her at the beginning. Little girl as in 14 years old. Uh, yeah, and okay. she's a she's a huge fan of um, the Avengers, and she's at the the Avengers hold this thing. It's called A Day, and all the fans of the Avengers from around the world can come to this place in uh, San Francisco, and they can come and they can meet the Avengers. And she's so excited, and she's there with her dad, and uh, some shit goes down on that day, <laughs> and then the Avengers uh, five years goes by because of the shit that went down on that day. And the Avengers go into hiding because they're kind of... Um, what happened that day was kind of their fault. So the world doesn't really want them around, which is a common story in comic books. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It's happened to Superman before. Uh, so Camilla, who is the girl who turns out to be Ms. Marvel in the end, she decides that she wants to she's figured something out and she wants to go and tell the avengers so she goes throughout this story to try and find each member of the avengers and each level kind of has you trying to find that one so say you do find tony stark the whole level's about tony stark and his relationship with her and what he tells her and as you go through the game you eventually get the avengers back together for a big showdown at the end with the avengers and ms marvel by their side so it's a really good story. I, I thought it was as good as some of the movie stories. Better than some of them, actually. But then when you finish with the game and the campaign, there's a whole... There's like hundreds of missions that are added at the end. Like, uh, it turns into... I said to you, it's basically Destiny. If you like the game Destiny, how the mission structure works. You get online with your friends, you pick a mission, and you take your Avenger, and you level them up. And you try and get better gear each time. It's got loot that comes out of crates. And you, uh, you know, it's kind of, you can continuously play it. And they've said that everything will be free after launch uh, that's added that's new. So you'll never, you know, you buy the game once and anything that is added. And they're adding loads of new story. Actually, adding to the campaign, there's going to be like 10, 15 more hours of story that gets added over the year. So. It's a fun game to play. I really enjoyed the game. And I do like when they add the stuff for free and don't want you to buy a load of shite. There are there are a lot of transactions in the game, don't get me wrong, but it's all cosmetic. If you want it, you, you can get it. If you don't, just ignore it. And the final thing we did with Ace Cooley Stuff this week is watch another episode of Raised by Wolves. Are you still liking it? Yeah, like I said, it's one of those I just hand myself over to it. Yeah, and Ridley Scott did the first two episodes and then he's handed the reins over to his son, Luke Scott. But I don't feel like it changed. You know what I mean? I didn't feel like, sure. oh, this is different than that. It all felt coherent. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's on HBO Max. There are three, five episodes available, I think, at the moment. We're on the th- fourth one. So um, Why are we behind? Because we just, you know... No, because we... Because you, it's got this. Well, we're get to, you choose. We're watching we the X Files at the moment, all the way through. Yeah, don't forget the X Files. 
Yeah, Ace, X-Files. Ace Gully. <laughs> uh, we've been watching the X-Files. Um, in case well, people don't know, Ace Gully, as in A-S-C-U-L-L-Y, is short for Agent Scully. True. And we've been watching the X-Files since episode one uh, a few months, well, probably four or five months ago, right? Mm-hmm. Well. We're up to like the end of season six almost. So, I don't know. You'd have to figure out what day we started. Yeah. Um, but we, we, we're we re-watching the X-Files, basically. We're just watching one or two a day. We watch one a day, and then if it's a double two-parter, we end up watching both. But um, it's I think this rewatch of it has been really fun, because there's loads of stuff I don't remember. Oh, God, me too. I thought I was a fan. And <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, um, the, the way it kind of evolves or devolves over the years... You can kind of see it all happening. I really like seeing it all back to back like that. You know. You mean how the story? Devolves? You can see it. it you, like from the beginning, like it, it starts. It's awesome, and then it. You can kind of see it getting worse as mm. we're, where where we're kind of up to. They kind mm. of spinning the wheels a little bit. I think. I feel interesting. But I like a really bad episode of the X Files that is still good to me. Yeah, like, I see what you're saying. I just like watching the X-Files. So if it's a terrible episode, and there have been a few, haven't they, already? Terrible ones. Um, It's still fun to watch them interact. Have you noticed any terrible episodes? Um, Some that are just sort of dumb, like the one we just watched. Dull Dull and uninspired and don't quite understand why. What the... Why anyone would make it into an X file? I forget which one it was the other day. It was just like this doesn't even the wolf one. I was like Alpha. Yeah, it doesn't even make any sense. Well, then um, again, this week we saw the episode Arcadia, which is like yeah, that was awesome. really cool. Yeah, I mean, don't know if it's an X Files either, but well, I mean, as a monster, come on, true monster. Of so the it week. is an X file. Um. So uh, that's it. What's for dinner? What do you want? Whoppers. And drink carrots. <laughs> no, whoppers. Let me and tell fries. you the story. Yeah. Yes, we're having impossible whoppers. We're vegetarian, so I'm telling you what we eat um, because vegetarians aren't like starving. We're not all activists. We're not all vegan. We are, I don't even, yes, we're vegetarian just because we don't eat meat anymore, but we still eat uh, eggs and dairy. So if everyone wants to get excited about that, that's what a vegetarian is. <laughs> Well, they're different kinds. And as we've heard people say, well, I'm mostly vegetarian, but I eat meat on Friday. And you're like, is that the opposite of the thing about not eating? Whatever. Or, oh, my mom's a vegetarian, but sometimes she eats fish. Right? So everyone has their own definition of vegetarianism. So we just haven't eaten meat for like over 10 years. It's no big deal. It's not a religious thing. It's not anything other that started as health. And now it's just a habit. And I don't think either of us have a desire to eat meat again. So what I'm trying to learn now, and I've been trying to learn gardening for a few years. And this year hasn't been a great production year. Of course, I had about 10 tomatoes altogether. But when I do figure that part out, I want to know what to do with all the stuff. And so I'm learning how to can things. And I'm the kind of person I'm sort of all in or all out. And so I decided, screw it. If I don't do this now, I won't do it. So I went and bought 25 pounds of carrots. <laughs> like just one big bag That's of a carrots. Lot of carrots. A great big bag of gigantic beets. And so I've been processing them. I made some relish and some lots of pickling. I'm focusing on learning pickling process with the water bathing. 
And went out there with this canning, but that's what I'm learning about. And so we have lots of carrots right now. I have four bags left that have nothing done to them. So I'll be eating lots of raw carrots, which I love. You don't love carrots, but you did like the pickled version. So, you know. I mean, I take them and leave them, carrots. Yeah, but when I pickle them, you're going to be in love with it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we're having for supper. And what's your uh, advice and let's get out of it? Uh... You know, just thinking about that, like I said to you today, what makes it you and I, what's in our personality or what, why is it that we just want to keep learning things when at our ages, I'm 52 and you're not, um, we could, I could literally just go to work, do my job, come home, sit down, watch the X-Files, make some supper and just keep doing that until we die. Right. We don't. There's nothing I'm going to contribute to this world. I'm not going to cure a disease or save the human race. I'm not going to find a vaccine for any terrible diseases that are going around. I'm not going to make any impact on the whole of the world. The universe will never have known I was here. So I could literally just do nothing, right? If I have no desire to spend a day, well, how many days has it been? Two days on my feet or sitting in that chair yesterday for four and a half hours, peeling carrots by hand, <laughs> right? Why? What's the, why? What is, does, the world doesn't care if I learn how to can some carrots. I'm not, That's we're not going to starve to death in any way, shape or form. My family is not going to be any worse off or better off if I do can or don't can. So what's the point of all this learning that we keep doing? Right? I learn photography and this, and you constantly learn new things on the computer and new software and how to build your computer. And we learn if we have a problem with a thing, we figure out how to do it. We don't have to do any of that. And then I think I do know some people who don't do any of that. They just do the thing where they go to work and they go home and they eat supper and they watch some TV. And on Saturday, they watch a sport. And then they'll just keep doing that until they're done, until they die. And I'm like, Well, that's fine too, right? It's your life. Here's the advice part. The time of your life is yours. Yes, you can claim, well, but I have children and I sacrifice everything for my children. No, you don't really. And if that offends you, it is what it is. You're doing it for yourself, really. But (laughs) that's a whole other topic. But it's really your time because it will be done. And then that'll be that. And you should be able to do with it what you choose Just don't be a dickhead about it, right? Don't be the person who wants to take away everybody's rights and make people not live a life that's full and thriving, whatever. Don't be a jerk about what you're doing. Don't harm people. Don't be a predator. Don't be a murderer. Don't be a fucking asshole. Everything else, just... If somebody literally wants to sit in a chair for the rest of their life until they die, I don't have any... I shouldn't have anything that I should input to them and say, oh, you're wasting the time of your life and here's how I think you should live it. Because if someone were to turn that around on me, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, no, you don't get to tell me. Because my time will be done. And then that's it. You don't get to design it for me. And so I just think it is the time of your life. You should choose to do with it what you want and can without harming or taking away from other people. I'm not particularly fan of leechy kind of people who just sort of skirt by on the good graces and taking from other people, that kind of situation. But again, you know, if everybody's on board with it, who am I to judge? 
So that's it. It's your life and it'll be done someday. So do what uh, makes you happy. If you want to learn how to can, or you want to sit and watch the X-Files for 50 hours in a row, more power to you. Yeah. Good advice. It's I think so. Well it's said. pretty profound. I All right. So, so you can catch us on com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, this podcast on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, RSS feed. Or if you've got a smart speaker, just say... Listen to After the Show po- Movie Podcast on TuneIn. It'll play you the latest episode. And also uh, email me, aceschoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescoolyacescool